Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another rousing rendition of what we like to call here the Brethren Podcast. And when I say we, if you have not heard before, I speak of the three, that's myself, uh, Dr. Ajamu Loving, PhD, CFP, uh, get you some TLC for your financeries, uh, Mr. Jeshurun Wells of D. Wells Consulting. How are you gentlemen doing this fine evening? Marveling at your, your uh Ever increasingly complex introductions, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, when I when I'm around you, gentlemen, I'm I'm constantly inspired. So it you know, it just flows. It flows naturally. Mr. Wells, how are you doing? It's all good, man. I actually be waiting for you to mess that thing up, but you be hitting it every ah, single time, bro. Like a radio DJ, man. He's he's, I know. he's locked in. Hey, what Kendrick say? It's a, it's in my DNA. I see, bro. Repetition, repetition, man. We've been doing this for a while. We've been doing this for a couple of years True now. Indeed. Got a, you know, got 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 a couple of episodes under our belt. So it's, you know, it's 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 it's, it's natural to us, and that's the it's organic for us, and that's the that's the thing I love. No, and in true natural organic fashion, you know, uh, we uh we always got to do this with a purpose uh, and a little bit of uh, pleasure. So here's a, a toast to the uh, conversation being had. Knowledge being dropped, hopefully somebody can uh, gain a little bit of something from it. I just got a little bit of sake in my cup. We're doing this, uh, not really midday, but afternoon. Uh, Mr. Mm -hmm. Wills, are you sipping on anything? Lemonade, sir. Lemonade. There we go. There yeah, we go. There we go. There's a Coke Zero right, right near me, so hey. or, or I will avail myself to it soon. So, the world yeah. is your oyster. Find your <laughs> pearl. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Well, um, also in typical organic brethren fashion, I'm the only person that knows today's topic. We have not pre-planned these. We did not pre-discuss. Uh, there are no production meetings or anything of that sort. But today's topic, um, I literally came up with right when uh, we first hopped on district because I, you know, I wrangling, wrangling, wrangling the whole crew together is kind of a task, you know, with schedules and life. It's, it's, it's not an easy feat. It's easy because we want to do it, but it's not easy when with outside influences of getting all three of us together. So I literally, uh, right when we hopped on, I, I wrote down the first three uh, titles of the first three episodes we released uh, this year, which was Executive Engagement, Disruptive Innovation, and Plan for Progress. And I was like, what can we talk about now? What naturally falls into line with that? And the topic of inclusion instincts popped into mind. Hmm. Um, so that's that's what we're going to talk about today is inclusion instincts. Uh, and I want to talk about it from the standpoint of inclusion instincts being uh, having that innate desire to include others and make them feel valued and welcome. Mm -hmm. Having that innate desire. You know, both of y'all have known me for a while, uh, for, for years now at this point, uh, and I feel like I have inclusion instincts where, you know, I, I do want to include everybody. Uh, but an often tough conversation to have when it comes to life and business, when it intersects, especially when you're talking about high net worth individuals, is when are those instincts detrimental? Mm -hmm. If I include everybody, but yeah. everybody not supposed to be included, or they're not supposed to be included in the ways that I want to include them in. Like, I want to start a business, but I can't let my family run it. I can let them benefit from it, but I can't let them run it. But my inclusion instincts, because I want to be, I want them involved in it. You know, now I got my cousin being the manager of my restaurant. He ain't got no experience. So that's yeah. the topic we want to talk about today. 
That's that's all I want to talk about. A little inclusion instincts. We'll see. We'll we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. Well, but Doc. Yeah, Doc. I thought. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm already. You know, I'm already interested in this one. Um, a lot of the work that I do is in diversity and inclusion, and I think uh, the important thing to recognize is those are two different things. So diversity is about having other people around or a part of something, right? So you allow them to participate in it. That, you know, and so uh, the example I typically use when I'm giving uh, direction to corporate clients is yes, you know, we have a very richly black and Hispanic mail room, that type of thing, right? But when we start talking about the, the building of the business, the direction of the company, what it is that we are going to accomplish and whose input is valued and depreciated, none of those people look like the people in the mail room. And the benefits of diversification within a company operate very similarly to the benefits of diversification within a portfolio, right? Those things have to be there in demonstrably uh, reasonable ways in terms of the way in which you, you uh, parse out what you're going to invest in within that portfolio, the money has to go there, the energy has to go there, the direction has to go there in order for the benefits of diversification to take place. It's a weighted average of the components of the portfolio in terms of the benefits you get to diversity from diversification in terms of how much, I'm not gonna go too deep into that, but you know, the whole, the whole thing, the allegory holds up. The whole point that I'm trying to make is that the inclusion component is about allowing these people to hold influence or sway into the direction of movement, right? So when you started talking about, hey, a restaurant and let my cousin run it, now you have opted not to just have him be a part of it, right? Where he can bust tables or greet or something like that. You put him in a position of management, which is a lot of influence, right? A lot of sway as to how well the business um, can operate. And so inclusion and diversity too, to a certain extent, are both about the underlying qualifications of the individuals that are there. And I think sometimes with uh, black, with black folks and minorities in general, we are very in tune to the people around us, our families, the contributions they've made to us, even the cousin that might've been near do well, and he protected you and kept some bullies and, and gangs and stuff like that up off of you because they were scared of him, right? That was, that was great for you. He made a contribution to your life and you feel good about that and you'd like to return it, but not everybody's ready for the type of return that is uh, available based on the things that you're doing and not always ready to participate. And so you have to be very careful about both the qualifications and, and also the character of the individuals, even those closest to you, because, um, and, and I can tell you, and I'm sure you all have examples too, of people who have trusted folks that were very dear to you in other ways, and you ended up making a business mistake because you gave, you allowed that trust in these other arenas to bleed over to arenas that they weren't qualified for, nor possessed the character to be able to, to um, enact the right type of stewardship over. And so when I talk about people being more important than things, it's not just their prioritization in your life and thinking about people first, it's also recognizing that the damage that can be done 
is far, far higher when we're looking at what it is that a person or the wrong person can do in position in the middle of your dream, right? And they can also be far more impactful in terms of making the right things happen if you have the right people in place, right? And so getting to the place where you can include people, I look at that as, as a process. And um, yes, you can trust them in certain other elements of life, but trust has to be built in a professional sense. And I think a lot of times where people end up um, end up running afoul is they don't do what the old school folks used to do when you get included in a family business. DJ could tell you, he can tell you everything about running a restaurant, not because they put him in position of a manager of a restaurant that this family ran. He could tell you, hey, I swept the floors. I moved the chairs. I cleaned this up. I can make a waffle that tastes so good that you want to smack somebody with it. Like that type of stuff happens because you had to get engaged in each of the elements of doing the productive processes necessary to run the business. And now he could do it. If somebody came to him with the right type of opportunity, a family member, hey, we're going to do these things. Oh, I know how to do all of these things because it was engendered and built in you. You got to, if you want to include your kids in something, you have to prepare them for it. You can't just transfer the value to them without transferring the values to them. Otherwise, they're going to mess it up. So I'm going to let you rip on this, Destria, because I already know you got a slew ready for it. <laughs> so real quick, I mean, real quick, DJ, because you know I like to... No, like to spend. no. Because no, no, I know not. where you're going with it. But no, you don't. Inclusion... No. Doc, Doc brings up the point of inclusion of information and values. Yeah. That's why, that's why, that's why I want you to drive. I want you to drive that car. That's yours. Inclusion I'll of information and values. Because not even just including them in the process, the business, the physical, tangible thing of it, but including people in the information and, you know, the, the, the values. Go ahead. Let me, let me get out of this car and get in the other. All right. So it's, 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 it's not funny how these things come together. It's, uh, it's actually quite, quite scary because these things are manifesting themselves daily in front of us. So the first thing I want to do, I just want to pose a question, then I'm going to break it down and I'll go exactly where you're asking me to go. Do people want to be treated fairly or equally, right? Fair or equal? Because when we think about diversity, we think about equity, we think about inclusion, I think, you know, equality or the word equal tends to come up a lot. A lot of people skip fair. If you think about some of the more um, prolific leaders, coaches, and, and, and philosophers, they talk about treating people fairly. Fair and equal are two different things. And when we talk about a workspace, when we talk about sharing information, when we talk about matriculating, not only through the corporate arena, but through society, the standard that most people think about is, hey, I just want to be treated fairly. But the question becomes, do you? Because as Doc alluded to a few minutes ago, the reason why I was able to, or the reason why I'm able to effectively talk through, you know, talking about running a, a business that may be based in food service is because I was actually treated fairly by my family in that business. It was fair for me to come in and learn how to mop the floor, sweep the floor, keep the parking lot clean, 
make sure that the checklist at the health department was going to come through and look at was up to date. And then I could bust tables, wash dishes, uh, back up, cook, lead cook, run the restaurant, operations manager, GM. They treated me fairly. They didn't say, hey, because you are, you know, my 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 son, my nephew or what have you, it would be fair for you to skip all of these things. No. So sometimes I think when we think about inclusion, we forget that there is a level of fair treatment and there's a level of assessment that has to go into exactly what Doc talked about, what skills, what experience and what is your area of expertise. And if you have none, it is only fair that I allow you to begin at the ground floor and prove yourself in the exact same manner that someone else would have to write. So I think that we often confuse fair treatment with unfavorable treatment, and those things are different. Now, let me jump out of that car and get into one that you're talking about. The One of the only advantages that levels the playing field between someone who may be in a position of privilege and a position of non-privilege is information and their ability to act on it. So when we think about diversity, we think about equity, and we think about inclusion, you asked about having an attitude or an inclusive spirit or spirit of inclusion, so to speak. I would say that people tend to want to be around people that have similar interests, similar hobbies. Uh, we talk about similar things. People that are inclusive in nature tend to want to be around people that add to the discussion or add to the conversation so that it's more robust. So you don't have a homogeneous type of discussion or conversation is able to go in broad spectrums or broad ways. And so I think when we think about this, what does information do? Information levels the playing field for you to get out of car A and get into car B, or you can play in both spectrums, right? And so as opposed to you simply sitting and waiting for an opportunity to be treated fairly equitable or be included, you use information as a means or a way to become a part of the discussion. You become a you become a contributor to the discussion, someone with something to add. And going back to the word value, you're adding value to the conversation. You're adding value to the situation or, or whatever is going on. When you are a person that adds value, fair, fair treatment tends to find you. When you're a person that adds value, equity tends to find you. When you're a person that adds value, inclusion tends to find you. And you tend to find out very quickly if a situation is for you or if it's not, because you know your value, you're not going to allow yourself to be placed into a situation that doesn't serve you because everyone is not looking to be fair. And you have to realize that the world is just built that way. And your time is better served using your discernment to a better align with folks that want to do that. And so we talk about things in context of, hey, I would love to do business with everybody because we are an inclusive group, but I'm only going to do business with the people that want to do business with me because I am not going to enter into a situation that doesn't serve me. I'm here to add value to you. In return, my expectation is that you add value to me. And the way that we do that is the information quotient. How quickly can we take the information we get act upon it, execute it, recycle, repeat, and spread that out to as many people as we can.
So, you know, those would be the opening comments that I would have around that since you didn't allow me to stay in the car that I wanted to stay in. <laughs> Listen, man, <laughs> we got a long way to go. And sometimes you got, you, you know, you, you got layovers, connecting flights. <laughs> y'all are traveling, y'all are traveling, man, you understand. You Look, you can't take one horse all the way across, around the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I appreciate that. But, you know, we I, I still yet and still have to throw uh, – more bananas in the clock, uh, so to speak. So let's let's talk about you know even with even with inclusion instincts of that you know how how you said and, and both of y'all stated of we are an inclusive group. Uh, I, we we are inherently and naturally an inclusive group, but with the disclaimer of we're adding value and we need value back, right? We yeah. expect value back. And that's that's the exchange. The exchange is value, whatever value is at that moment. And most of the time, it's not even monetary. Yeah. It's it's value in terms of elevation. And I and I and I I, I recently discovered the third definition of elevate, uh, which is to improve morally, culturally, uh, and spiritually, I believe. Uh I, I, don't misquote me, but I I I'll I'll get the I'll get the correction in a, in, a, in a minute, but um, so that 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 value comes of you know through elevation you know of some of some of some aspect where we're bringing each other up and that's that's the exchange and that's what's expected on both sides. We talked about it when we talked about executive engagement where you know both sides have to be able to listen and speak for that conversation for the level that it's at and what and what's to be attained from it. So by us being a naturally and inherently uh, inclusive group, uh, we also got to acknowledge uh, the barriers in place of being inclusive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where two or more are gathered in my name, but you know there were there there are rules, were rules, laws, so to speak, and even still that you know what this what this is what we got this little thing of ours, like they say, you know this is dangerous. Yeah, this is a threat. To something, somewhere, someone. This exchange of information, this creation of value, this uh, holding company of human capital that benefits its members consistently and congruently. So there are barriers in place. So we have internal barriers for this inclusion where it's, oh, you know, I want to I want to be inclusive to the detriment of myself and my business because I'm over inclusive. Mm -hmm. And then from the outside of we don't want you being that inclusive because it's a threat to whatever it is that we have going on. Well, yeah, I think there's balance in everything, brother. I feel like I, I feel like when there's value especially when there's tremendous value, typically around that, there's a level of exclusivity, right? And opportunities to get included into something that is exclusive and in many cases great because of that, it requires a level of qualification to get there. And so when we were talking about whether it's restaurants or even the financial services business, I'll tell anybody, I am not a bootstrap story. My father has been a financial planner since 1987. Now, the interesting thing is he's given me nothing but gain. And you say, well, that, that, that's, that's a whole lot of something, though. The reason that I was able to become 
the first black PhD in financial planning is a lot of the game that he gave me. There were steps that other people had to go through to gain information that I got just talking on the phone with Pops. You see what I'm saying? And so you got to recognize that there's value all around you. Destrian can make the hell out of a waffle because he was in a place where they could do it. Now, I am a person who searches out information. Like I've tried so many waffle recipes. But he could tell me with one tweak, oh, I could tell you it's not enough butter. See, you doing this, you're putting this oil in there, it's not going to give you the crispiness that you need if you use, if you substitute and use butter instead of oil, and a lot of the waffle recipes use that, what you're going to get is a crispier texture and a flaky and softer interior. Man, how you know that? Waffles right now. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> no, something I want some waffles like, right now. I'm not even going. I'm not going for it. Right, but you think about it. Like the differences that you see in that, in it's, terms it's, it's of the, something that's that, the value. The value's in the all, details. Yes, because they all look like the waffles. Knowledge. They all look very similar to one another, but the the taste bears out something completely different when your recipe has all of the right tweaks, which in many cases only come with qualification and experience right so even then doc just like diamonds all of them can look can look good to the naked eye like a waffle but you put that you put that you put that little whatever that little thing is they put on their eye put that scope that that one eye scope on it and you find them internal uh uh marks and 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 inclusions and stuff yeah, yeah, it's 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 like it's it's it's, it's it, you look. Know, you got to be a gemologist with this. You got to. Well, yeah, and so and, and so yes, a lot of a lot of what happened to is me taking responsibility for myself, recognizing the head start that I got, and jumping on it, recognizing the um, recognizing the opportunity the for what it was. Yes, and the interesting thing is that your your achievement. And any opportunity is never really going to go past your abilities. There'll be some good things that'll happen, but your abilities and your capacity are going to be the thing that determine how well you can do something. And I think a lot of times people get comfortable where they are and they get comfortable not learning and not pushing themselves. And, you know, this is where you have to be careful with your uh, inclination or your tendency to be inclusive sometimes, right? Because you might think a person that's close to you is like you, and that's not necessarily the case. They might be like you in some other ways. You may have, y'all might like the same sports teams and all the rest of this type of stuff. But when it comes to the capacity to learn and do what it is that you'd like them to be able to do because you're thinking, oh, okay, we can be on the same level and we can really start to knock some things out together. And you start to recognize, man, they are not what I'd hoped they'd be in terms of this. And what's happened then is you've given some, you've given, you've given somebody an opportunity that they do not have the capacity to handle. And so that's a thing that um, whether it's a corporate environment or a family business environment, or even you dealing with life yourself, you have to recognize those things. You know, when people start bench pressing for the first time, I never will put weight on the bar. My hope is that you can lift a 45 pound bar. I have found that some people have difficulty with that. 
I'm not going to start you at 135, and I'm not certainly not going to start you at 185 or 225, which is my starting weight. That's not the way in which you build something in somebody, right? And so that's the thing that I think a lot of times people have to recognize. And if you're hoping to be able to give someone the gift of opportunity and the potentiality of, of inclusion into something that's big and important, because you think, man, I want my people around me, you have to help them build their capacity before you start extending responsibility, or else you can put yourself in a, in a position where the entire endeavor starts to become jeopardized because you've given them too much too soon. And, there's, and, and that is not fair because other employees and other people who might be a part of your overall enterprise are seeing the way in which you treat these people nepotism should really only give you the opportunity to start escalating your own abilities and by virtue of the proximity that that you have to the person that might be more successful really know what's going on suits and nuts you have to avail yourself when you're in that position of trying to earn that opportunity that you've somehow been extended and and, and build on it. That's got to be on you. And that's not in everybody. And it's your job as the person who's trying to run the project or run the business to recognize people's capacity and really be real with them too, right? Honesty is, I think, one of the best gifts that we can give one another is people who care about each other. And it doesn't always feel good to hear but still it's a gift. Look, man, you're always late. I love you with love, right? You're always late. The type of business that we engage in, you have to be on time. Look, my brother, I love you. Your pants are never ironed. Like you think it's simple, but it's not, right? Because it's like these things, and you, that person may have never been in a position where the, you know, the, the lack of wrinkles on their pants matter. I understand that, but now it does. And I want you to be able to elevate as far as it is that you can go. And these things can potentially hold you back. So let's get, let's get a handle on some of these simple things. And I think sometimes the, the spirit, since we were talking about spirit, the spirit with which a person can give that helpful criticism and the spirit of the individual receiving it both of those things matter, right? Because the person who can receive that correction and love can grow, right? They can take it in, they can use it and grow. And when you combat it with everything, oh, you know, I looked out for you, look good. Now you acting like you can't look out for me. You're putting me in a position where I can because the things that are necessary to go where I'm going, you don't seem to be exhibiting those. And that's why you hear from a lot of preachers, when you go going to the next level, you're going to have to leave a lot of people behind. And that's unfortunate. It doesn't necessarily have to be the truth, the, the truth, but it often is the truth because those people have not developed within themselves the same discipline, the same uh, level of, uh, you know, the same skill set or any of these things. And, and you are welcoming and you want to include them, but you're about to bring everybody down. And when it goes down, that person is going to be sitting up there looking at you like, see, you ain't no better than me. Right? That's, that's how it off it goes, right? Because I don't put my trust in you and blah, blah, blah. But you, because of your kind heart or because of you trying to um, execute inclusivity without having an eye 
on fairness, now you jeopardize everything for everybody. And I think we've all recognized that the interesting thing, when you start to become successful, is that it's not all about you. There are now people depending upon you to do what it is that you do to feed their families too. And I'm not about to tell another person whose work is connected to mine or a person who's depending upon me as an employee that I have, you know, the whole thing is going down because I let a knucklehead in who didn't belong there and I was unfair to them right? That person that actually is qualified to do what they're doing, is doing their work, is effective, is excellent. I'm going to skip that person over for my cousin or somebody that's a family member or somebody I know that, that I have an affinity for. You have to operate with a level of fundamental fairness for things to work. And people being qualified for the position they are in is fair. You know, that's, that's the way that I see it. Well, we we talked about it on a previous episode too, where it was where we were saying basically, you know, what's for me ain't for everybody else. Anyway, like even if we got the exact same uh goals in mind, our paths are gonna be completely and totally different. There will be times along that we, you know, it's gonna intersect and intertwine where you know we can we taking this journey together, but there's gonna be a lot of forks in the road. There's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of forks, departures. Like, if you look, perfect example of me is, like, college. Me and me and DJ were both sales and marketing majors. We came in at different years, and I think we in, we may have had maybe one class together, but we, you, if you looked at our, if you looked at our transcript side by side, we didn't take, you know, the, even the, the same kind of classes, we, you don't take it, because it was, we probably took t- to, two totally different PEs DJ probably took totally different electives, but we came out with the same degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and at, and at parts of at parts of that, our our paths of courses and things intertwined and intersected. But we gotta we gotta understand and apply that just in general, where it's like, what's for me is for me. We can yep. all want the same thing, and some of us ain't gonna want the same thing, and we all gotta be okay with all of that and everything in between. I gotta be okay with hey, we three we working together. We got a common goal, but hey, everything that I think is gonna get us there, y'all ain't gotta agree with. And I gotta be okay with that. And y'all gotta be okay with me coming to come with something different. And I gotta be okay with y'all challenging my opinions, my thoughts, my whatever I'm bringing to the table. Yeah. It has to be symbiotic that way, where it's it, it it it's it's a natural a natural level and balance is what we say. And by the way, the third uh, the third uh, definition of elevate is uh, to improve morally, intellectually, or culturally. And mm-hmm. uh, I just found that beautiful because it's exactly, it's exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna say it, it's just exactly. Uh, but go yeah. ahead. So you know, just just kind of listening to Doc flesh it out a little bit and listening to you come back. There were a few things that popped up in my mind, and you know, um, you know, I guess kind of bear with me as I work through them. So the first one is when we tend to see things go awry is when there's a lack of structure or understanding about the actual goal that you're attempting to get to, right? And the reason why I bring that up is because for for most people who want to skip the line as it relates to nepotism, that structure is a barrier for them of entry anyway. So if you don't provide the nepotism, they, they tend to shy away from it. So my first qualifier in terms of, again, I'm going to treat everyone fairly, 
but I would be lying if I said I'm going to treat everyone the same because I'm going to invest more time mm -hmm. into individuals who are serious, they're committed, and they express the ability to be high achievers. Now, that doesn't mean that the person who may need a, a, a little additional help is left wayward or by the wayside. It means that maybe I pair you with a high achiever to challenge you to see if you will then meet or exceed that. And I think, again, we have to start being real about the opportunities that are being given. If I give you an opportunity and you prove to me on multiple occasions that you are not worthy of it, it is not me that's excluding you. You're actually excluding yourself. Mm -hmm. And see, I, I just happen to have the type of personality that, yes, I want to be inclusive, but I'm going, I'm going to have zero issue doing what Doc said, telling you where I stand in relationship to your performance or what it is we've agreed that needs to happen because two things can be true at the same time. I can love you and I can support you, but I should also be able to constructively criticize you. If I can't, I know exactly where to place you in my life. And that's on the outside looking in because I expect the same thing from people who love and say they care about me. Do not put me up on a pedestal when I'm wrong I want you to pull me aside. And sometimes you may not even have the opportunity to pull me aside. I may have to check my ego and allow that to happen right there on the spot on the surface. In doing so, that may be an opportunity to also show some humility, restraint, and or leadership. Because at some point, if you're in a position of authority, leadership, power of influence, you're going to have to exercise those things. You so again, when we start thinking- like, hey. Tell me if I'm wrong. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to do. Uh, look, most people don't think I do things like that at all. But I always like a quick a quick check, because what happens is I know that my personality, I'm able to withstand things that might it might really impact another person. But because I actually I want to hear, you know, constructive feedback, I'm OK with that. So what I may say to someone, I need other people around me to sometimes say, hey, man, you you can't you can't do it that way. You can't you can't take that approach. And I, I legitimately am not doing it out of ill will or malice. It is simply the way I'm wired and built. But that's why you build people around you. Right. That's and so elevate. that's mm -hmm. how you elevate. And the one of the other one of the other pieces that I found interesting as Doc was talking when we talk through the nepotism, when we talk through the um, not the desire for someone to get to a certain place, this sense of um, this sense of entitlement that sometimes come with mm -hmm. that when someone attaches themselves to whatever relative amount of success you have had, that does not equate to that being their journey. Right. So you did that work. You you absolutely get to decide who you take with you, but more importantly, when you allow them to get on the bus, the car, or whatever vehicle you're taking. It may not be that you're trying to leave someone behind. You may be going to build the infrastructure to allow them to travel more comfortably down this road instead of getting kicked off the car day one. I'm now building an ecosystem or infrastructure so that you can be successful. And the yeah. only way that I can do that, if I take prepared people with me, if I take committed people with me, 
serious people with me. And that may be the infrastructure that creates generational wealth that you then benefit from, friend, family, whomever, but you can't see the trees despite the forest because you're only looking at the short-term gain or benefit that the relative success that said person is having can benefit you. Final thing on this topic that I'll say before you transition, AJ, is this. We have to understand that being inclusive does not mean that we can't be selective. There is no reason why membership shouldn't have its privileges and membership has its benefits. If mm -hmm. you separate yourself by way of performance, and I'll even go a step further by way of loyalty, dignity, integrity, mm -hmm. I can elevate you in my life to positions that maybe I can't trust other people to be in. So when you look at things that we've talked about and even what we've published and written about now, when I talk about my power circle, I'm talking about the people in my life that I trust with my innermost thoughts, secrets, and I want them to be able to correct me before I ever have to get to my strategic partners. It's not that I don't care about my strategic partners in a very deep, respectful and responsible way. It's just that some things are more personal than others. So mm -hmm. I'm stratifying or quote unquote gamifying the relationships in my life. And I have I have some rules of engagement for each. I may not, I'm, I'm not going to treat certain strategic partners the way I treat deep personal friends. We may have a business relationship that requires a mutual admiration, respect, and an exchange of value. But once you're my brother, that's a different level of responsibility that I not only have to you, to your family, that's beyond a brand, that's beyond anything else, right? And mm -hmm. so I am going to come to you in ways in which I wouldn't necessarily approach others because in duality, we are tied together in a different way than we are. We can move on from a brand or a business. Brotherhoods and, and true friendships and kinships are supposed, I use the word in all caps, supposed to be different. And if you don't treat them differently, if they are just tangible pieces and parts right. that can be exchanged, then you've missed the entire thing that we've been talking about people over things because you're not using the information you have. You're not operating in a spirit of inclusivity because it requires and it is inherently a responsibility on the person that you give this inclusivity to, to show up and perform at the expected or acceptable level of the group that's bringing them in. Man, brother, what you what you talked on right there is a high level of what I think we have difficulty with, certainly in this society and culture and country. And that is the idea of submission. People look at submission and submitting to something as weakness. And I will tell you that that is a major failing because to be coachable, you have to submit. You have to submit to someone who knows more about the techniques on the football field, who knows more about uh, strength and conditioning within the weight room, who knows more about nutrition and uh, replenishing your body. And you have to listen to people and grow. And what you will find about the most successful people, even though they may have the strongest and sometimes most abrasive personalities about them, is that they can submit 
enough to find out what it is that they need to know to move on and be successful. Right. If uh, um, it, it's funny because people will look at, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is, is, is my hobby and passion. Right. And they look at a family like the Machados and the Gracies and they're like, wow, everybody in that family can fight. Right. They they all know Jiu Jitsu. I can tell you none of those people are born with Jiu Jitsu in their brains and bodies. They learn it by suffering. Right. By feeling defeat repeatedly. And they signal that defeat by tapping out, by tapping on the other person or yelling tap or smacking their hand on the mat to say, I submit to the technique that you have provided, right? Because it is in a position where it's either gonna kill or maim me, right? Those are things. And you do that over and over to the point that now the kid's 15 years old and he looks like an impenetrable fortress and he can do anything on the ground, but it's because of the fact that he's tapped to his cousins, to his brothers, to his sister, sometimes to his mama, all of these types of things, right? And they've submitted in all of those ways on the mat and in many cases in life. They've learned in the classroom. They've done all of these things. And these people who seem so extraordinarily powerful are powerful by virtue of the fact that they've been able to sit listen and submit to somebody who knew more about something than they knew and they were able to take that in and grow from it that's what growth that's what life that's what success is about it's about recognizing that you don't have all of the answers and when the right ones come around being in a in a position and having the spirit necessary to receive that take it in and grow and and, and i think sometimes people end up not growing because it's so uncomfortable to be told that you're wrong. And so many, so many, I think, parenting styles now, which really focus on, hey, let the kid be their own person. Let them make their own decisions. Let them do this. Let them do, let them do that. Let them be free. Freedom is only as valuable as your ability to actually carry it, to actually exercise the responsibility necessary to to wield that uh, freedom in a way that benefits you and those you love. Otherwise, freedom is a curse because now you're in a position where the stuff that needs to get done isn't done. If you see a kid who has no boundaries in their life, no parent telling them when to take a bath, what foods uh, represent a nutritional plate, nobody sitting there talking to them about what it is that they need to accomplish to get ahead, I can show you a person who does not grow up to be an effective adult. So it's about all of that influence. It's about submission, both from the, from the, the parent side, to submitting to, to um, the, the authority, and in my case, the authority of God, right, to tell you, hey, like these are the things that guide the ways in which we behave, right? And, the, and, and everyone falls in line based on your ability to do what it is that you're supposed to, your ability to wield that responsibility, your ability to actually carry things as a man of the house, those types of things. You want, oh, my woman, ain't, she won't submit to me. Well, like, y'all, why is that? Well, you know, we run things fitty-fitty. Uh, she pay, I pay. You know, we do this. So what, what is it that you are doing in a level of provision that puts you in a position where you should be the one making the decision or her submitting to you? 
And in many cases, you need to submit to the fact that you don't, you are not doing what you need to do to cover these people in a way where she can feel comfortable submitting. So I don't want to take this down a whole rabbit hole that it shouldn't go down. But my point is that, look, all of these elements of growth are being stunted by a world that's telling you, oh, no, nah, you don't have to listen to anybody. Oh, well, what do the scientists know at the CDC? Oh, well, what are these people who've studied this in, in, in uh, you know, in, in finance and economics? No, I got opinions, too. So much so that we get to the point that we start arguing about whether or not the earth is spherical or freaking flat. That's where we've gotten. And that, so and that, that brings up the perfect point of you can't include everybody on your decisions, too. You can't include everybody on decisions. You can't include everybody's opinions. Yeah, you know, man. Because, you know, somebody said, somebody once said opinions are like, you know, yeah. assholes. Everybody got one. So yeah. now, you know, just for today, I got to label this episode as explicit, but it was worth it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you but, can bleep you know, the one word, but yeah. No, nah, nah, uh, nah. that, 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 nah, we're not that, into bleeping. That right. waters down the authenticity. We're not bleeping. Um, but you, you, you can't include everybody with everything. You know, it's, you, you just can't. Like, I'm. You know, if you come to me off rip and tell me that you think that the earth is flat, I just I just know that you're not a person that I want to do business with because you are you 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 say to me that you know you don't believe in logic, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you know there there are certain that you just can't you can't include everybody with everything. But I like the way that you know DJ was able to bring up uh, points that I had written down to say, you know, and I can't even you know he already said it because I was you know I was I was going to bring up the power circle thing where it's you know there. We we said it, and it's being reiterated here. With the when we're talking about the inclusion instincts of, you got to have a vetting process. Yeah, you have to have a vetting process to get people in your power circle. You got to have a vetting process for your strategic partnerships. You can't include everybody in your decisions. You can't include everybody in your in your business. You can't include everybody in your day to day life. You know, there are some people that you have an affinity for, but. They don't add any more value or they never have added value. They've all they've always been a liability that you can't even include them in your life. You don't wish them disarm. You just you can't be you can't be here anymore. Yeah, man. And, it's detrimental. And, some, and sometimes, you know, you got to submit to the information people around you are giving you. And you I know? think sometimes you all, yeah. I will all, every time yeah. we got to we got to yeah. submit to instincts. Well, yeah, but but but, but, like, but it's but because, like the no, inclusion instinct. But, but you know, you got that instinct like, I know I shouldn't let my cousin run this business, but, you know, it's it's you got two instincts. The instinct of I want to include everybody, but that other instinct to say, you know, he can't do it. Well, and, and so here's the deal. Like that, that can be within you and you may or may not be wrong, right? I would say always listen to information from people around you. This is why I love the elderly, man. Old folks, they don't have the answer to everything, but if you listen long enough, man, they'll drop some wisdom for you. Like when your grandma right? tell you, don't let your cousin run that business. Now, I've, I've, you know, this, <laughs> this man them stole checks from me. <laughs> You know, he, look. It, like every time I, I sent the boy to the to the store to never get a got no change of, to get a pack of butter, the boy came back with Skittles and no butter. We like, see, you know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and, and it's not necessarily just even at the young ages, but I'm submit just saying, to the, oh, submit to experience and knowledge. The the elders a lot of times will tell you where you might be messing up because you have this whole thing where you think. 
And I think sometimes we get there where it's like, oh, well, I'm too big to fail. Mm. This thing is, you know, this endeavor is too big. See, to I can bring it, right? <laughs> I could bring anybody in this because you know now we see we're at a position rough. of strength, and so I can afford this, you know, this level of nepotism where I am not getting the value necessary for the position I've put this person in, but I can, you know, we can carry them. And this is a thing I have to be careful about because I have this. Sort of, hey, okay, I'll pull it together. We can make it work. Whatever deficiency is there, I'm trying to plug it in all the rest of this type of stuff. And I've really started to come to the understanding that I need to give, I need to give both myself and other people more credit, right? For them being able to do some things. And I need to give myself more, more of an understanding that I'm also just human, right? And so that way we get to dealing with things from a, perspective of actual reality, right? If we're going to have an endeavor, that if we're going to have a business, if we're going to have something that's actually supposed to be productive and fruitful, we got to have everybody in the right places doing the things that they do um, that can actually be productive for the entire thing to work out. And you can't afford to just let things go by the wayside because you like a person or you love a person. Real love is about giving them the opportunities that they can handle and giving them the space and room to grow, actually handle it. When parents are parenting, you know, we hate to see a kid fall, right? But when that little baby's learning to walk, learning to walk is about falling. It's about falling. And if he never learns how to fall on his little butt with the diaper and everything, they soft baby feet. They can get right back up. But it, they'll never you see kids four and five years old not walking, not because they don't have the physical ability to walk, but because parents won't put their little behind down and hey, let them walk. Hey, you see what you see what birds do, don't it? <laughs> birds, <laughs> hey, you see what birds do. But that's where people end up. Birds. Because I mean, you, I, you I, I was I was telling to somebody the other day, like, because they don't have the ability to just go on their own. Look, when they, adult, they should want to go clean walk. out. I'm talking about exactly. eagles. Nests are severely high in the sky. Kick them straight out. Horses, cows, they born straight on the ground. Get up. Yeah. If you want to eat, get up because I'm about to walk off. Yeah. Giraffes. Nice. Giraffes, baby giraffes fall like five feet. Boom, hit the ground. Get up because I'm about to go eat. Right, because they know they know it's serious. It's it is it, not even it's a it's a it's a it's a it's natural challenge. It's a natural challenge. Yeah. Well, it, ain't also, it ain't nothing they can do about it. Also think about the fact that I think that from a species standpoint, I, I'm just going to be real brief on this because I wanted to make a point that you were talking about. From a species standpoint, I think that they, the, the parenting model that we have adopted, let's just say um, more broadly, it's not about teaching survival. It's it's more propping and trying to trying to save and condition the mind for 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 other things. But on its onset, what you're talking about, those other animals, mammals, or what have you, they're teaching survival. Because remember, if they if that giraffe can't get up and walk, now you're food. Yeah. If that mm -hmm. bird can't fly, you can't even travel when the weather gets cold. So what I see and what I hear you saying, let's just bring the thing full circle. 
children who are not properly nurtured, nature or nurtured, end up being teens or adolescents who are a little bit behind in terms of either IQ or EQ, because we can slow things down or speed things up accordingly. But then you end up with young men or young women who can't communicate, who have been sheltered in some shape, form or fashion, whether that be from information or the obstacles that come with life. You, I mean, you don't, obstacles come to everybody. You don't have to be poor to have obstacles and you can be wealthy and have plenty. So obstacles are gonna be there. How are you trained and what type of behavior, what's your mindset to overcome them? Yep. That's when you f figure out if you have a person that's ready for an opportunity or not. Because I know some poor people with billion dollar mindsets and attitudes. And I am of the opinion, I'm one of I will take that person. I will take that person. I can probably get a lot further if I already have the influence and resources. I can probably get a lot further with someone with the that that has a poor background but a billion dollar mentality versus the 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 latter. Oh yeah. Much further. But this goes back to infrastructure what I was saying before. Sometimes the person that experiences relative success will never get to the heights that they could get to to bring the impact that they could because they get thrown off the tracks by including people at the wrong time mm. because of pressure or the expectation that they have made it when they are only getting started on their journey. And now you have to bring so many other people along when you don't have the infrastructure to sustain it. That brings me to what I wanted to say around infrastructure and a person that's done it great, I mean, exceptionally mm -hmm. well. I look at what LeBron and his friends have done. Yeah. He hired all the best people and they handled his affairs for his rookie contract. But he assigned his friends to work with them. He didn't just say, hey, you're going to be my agent. He said, you're going to work with the best sports agent in the country. And you need to learn everything you can. Hey, man, why don't you go out to Nike? I got this shoe contract with Nike. Go handle my affairs out there. They 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 report to you and yep. you let me know what's happening. Randy, you're going to run my marketing company and you and Mav are going to be creative geniuses. You guys let me know what, what opportunities are best for me, how we should approach commercials. No, don't give me a million dollars. Give me stock in the company. What I've seen that guy do is a blueprint for not only properly showing nepotism, the nepotism was opportunity. And if you didn't seize that opportunity, you can't be upset with him. His friends are independently wealthy yep. and add value to his life and he to them because they didn't squander the opportunity. And when they were ready, keyword being ready, they now run a multi-billion dollar franchise, which is LeBron James, which yep. is run by competent friends and family with oversight from the proper legalities. That is how you show nepotism at the proper time when someone has earned the opportunity. So did he treat them fair? He made them go earn it, right? Yeah. Does he treat everybody the same? Highly doubt it. No. But what <laughs> you see in that scenario is infrastructure, ecosystem, when you're ready, 
I have an opportunity for you. If you never get ready, someone else will continue to hold this seat. So when I talk to my family members, not that I'm nowhere near that, but we're collectively working towards this thing. Hey, I have an idea. You know, you think you can, do you have a business plan? No. Can you create one? Can you help me? Bring me a draft. I've gotten rid of, I'll just say this, AJ. I've gotten rid of 90% of people that are not serious right there because did I say I wasn't willing to help you? I said, I'm willing to help you. Bring me a draft. 90% of folks never come back with anything because you want me to do it for you. I am not in the business of doing that. I'm trying to teach my kids how to do this. I'm trying to partner with my spouse on how to do these things. We're running several different businesses. And oh, by the way, I just happen to have to go to work. Like, I don't have time to do that for you. But if you show up expressing the desire to want help, I can find time to find anyone who qualifies themselves as worthy of being helped. Because if I can't do it, I have a network of people that want to be inclusive. And that's the thing that I think people miss out on as well. Just because Destrian can't do it or AJ can't do it or Doc can't do it, doesn't mean we don't know somebody that's willing to help you. So now you're pissed at me. You're ready to throw me away, but you got to remember you're throwing my whole network away too, my boy. So when you do that, you're only hurting yourself because you don't really understand how long this bridge is that you're burning. So, you know, my thing to folks would simply be, you better measure twice and cut once when you decide to cut a good person off because you have no idea how far that reach And those tentacles are based on the goodwill that they've created with other people. So that's that's just a a cautionary tale for those who think that you always have the entitlement to skipping the front of the line when you don't. You're only entitled to be treated fairly. And that is it. You better drop that self-awareness on them, brother, because that's what that is. It's about self-awareness, knowing what it is that you understanding and doing real inventory on yourself and what it is that you've been, what it is that you bring, what it is that you've done, right? And then really having a healthy respect for whatever it is that you're trying to step into. And when someone introduces you to someone who can help take you further, don't don't discount that opportunity. Don't discount that opportunity to grow. And I've done it in my life too. You know, here's the deal. It's like we I'm preaching. I can preach to other people, but oftentimes, most of the time when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself, too. Right. These are things that I that you have to constantly be aware of and think about, because, hey, even if you're talking about talking to a person. Right. Let's say you're in wealth management, talking to a person who has no money doesn't mean that they don't know people with money. Right. So you have to you have to operate with a certain level of professionalism and and class and do what's best representative of your best self as a professional or as a family member, whatever it is that you're engaged in. Right. Because if that person looks at you and says, man, I, I trust this person. They treated me great. And I don't even have any money. I don't really have anything to add. But you know, my cousin LeBron <laughs> great. Now you might be in a whole new position in completely rarefied air that you didn't even expect.
expect to be in. Why? Because you were you were self-aware, you conducted yourself as a professional, you handled business, and you did those things because those things are important to you. You recognize that you have, based on your own personal and professional integrity, a responsibility to conduct yourself a certain way, right? And so those things, I think, are, are things that you just don't want to ever neglect. And when I talk about people being more important than things, that's another that's another element of that is recognizing the fact that it's not just that individual, but it's that individual in that in their network. There's literally no successful person who's done it all by yourself. You listen to them talk for 15 minutes and you will find there have been mentors, there have been benefactors, there have been people who that individual listened to, somebody whose blueprint they followed, someone who extended uh, money or an opportunity to them that they might not have felt ready for, but the other person saw something in them and said, hey, you are ready for this. Those types of things and people being able to talk with and lean on to some degree, one another, those are the things that can bring us far further in a way that can be inclusive and fair. And so those are the things that you want to be focused on, but the first person you've got to focus on always in order to get the outcome you want to get is you and your own behind and what it is that you're doing and, and be honest with yourself. And sometimes that's the most difficult part. Sometimes that is the hardest part is having that hard conversation with yourself about what it is that you've, you've uh, done. And the, the good thing about having a, a, a power circle is that sometimes you need somebody else to see that piece of lint on you that you don't see, right? You're like, I, I feel like I did it right. It seemed like all I can think about is blah, blah, blah. And then I come to Destrian with what to me seems like a very difficult problem. And then he can see it with fresh eyes and help me out with a solution. Now you gotta be ready to hear that, right? Because you might want to be hearing all these great things about yourself and what you deserve and all the rest of this. And somebody else is going to tell you, look, man, this is what is in the this is what in the in the opportunity set. This is where you can go. Right. And, you know, don't don't get over your skis and end up going further than that. Or else, you know, you'd put the whole thing in jeopardy. And so you need those conversations. You need those people. You need those allies. You need folks that can help you check yourself when that natural checking of yourself doesn't um doesn't register to you right off right off hand as something um that, that you've done wrong i think having people that you can talk to in that way and that can talk to you and you can respect what it is that they're saying and submit to listening to it and then grow from it those are the things that unlock your ability to be extremely effective at what it is that you can do as always, we've had a uh, taken something seemingly simple and made it a very broad and insightful conversation, which I always appreciate. Um, in the interest of time, we're gonna let's get some call to actions. You know, we always do that. Let's let's get some calls to actions. Mm -hmm. um, we'll start with you, Doc. Uh, into in terms of inclusion instincts, let's get some let's get some calls to action. You, I mean, we've, we've said them all already, so you know. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, it's really more reiteration than anything else. I think it, when we when we're starting off, you have to recognize that um, that instinct to include is not necessarily that 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 can be a great thing. 
right? It, it can be wonderful. I think that that uh, recognizing the the uh, togetherness and the importance and the potential impact of others is a really powerful thing. But you can't do it without some level of pre-qualification and understanding what it is that those those people can bring to the table in terms of their productivity, but also in terms of their character and also in terms of the way in which they treat other people and how that's going to impact your business, your family, your life, all of those things. Right. And you also have to recognize that when you are when you are trying to become successful, not everybody's going to be lockstep with you on every rung of the, of the ladder. A lot of times you're going to be alone. And as you build things, hopefully the people who you are wanting to include, be proactive about it, kind of like LeBron was and say, let's start positioning for the future so people can have the skill sets to be in the positions that I would be able to implicitly trust this person in. Because not only are they um, the type of person that I know I can trust, but now they've built a level of competence that I can be confident in. That's a beautiful place to be. And so when you can do those things, now you can start to count on people because they've shown you a level of responsibility commensurate with what it is that you are trying to accomplish together, right? That's when real inclusion is working, when people can bring what it is that they've learned along with the, the trust that you have for them, as well as their own flavor that might be a little bit different from yours. Now you can get benefits to that diversification. You can get benefits to including them and you can get yourself and other people to a place of elevation that neither of you would have been able to go to by yourself. That's true. So, bro, I mean, I'm going to say this uh, jokingly, but I'm really serious about it as well. Don't be afraid to include people on a good solid no either. Mm. I'm going to include you on this, on this no. I'm inclusive with no as well. Whole sentence, period, full stop. Because I'm, it's not that I'm going to disqualify you, but no is not... Uh, it's not a permanent thing. It may be a not right now. So many people act as if you can't tell them no, but they forget how many times you've already said yes. And you show up the same way as you did the last time I told you no. Show up better, more prepared, more committed, or with some relative value to add, mm -hmm. because I'm going to include you on this solid no. There's, there's inclusivity in that too. And I want givers, specifically the people that are givers, to take that and really use that leverage that it's okay to tell people no and not lose a lot of sleep about it because that no may be saving so many other people from hurt, harm, or danger. Now, moving on to when you say yes. So we're talking about taking, you know, taking action steps. I think there are specific times to say yes. Number one, like Doc said, be information or data driven, number one. Let the data and information lead you. Number two, you have to have a human element. Does it feel right? You know, do you trust this person? What do your instincts tell you you should do? And does the data back it up? You shouldn't say yes for yes sakes. You should say yes because the value has just went up. And if the value is not going up, then what type of time investment are you looking at to increase the relative value. And are, are you in a position to give that type of time? 
and communicate that to the person that's asking for the yes, because maybe there's something that they're holding back or something differently that they could do to expedite that. Time is such a definitive and, and just scarce resource, you really can't afford to continue to waste it. So for me, you know, again, don't be afraid to include people on a nice, solid, firm no, but then have your qualifiers for why you're saying yes. And if people can't jump over that hurdle to be, meet your bare minimum, then we put them in what's called the holding tank. You're right here until you can meet this threshold. And if you can't, no harm, no foul. We still can be cool. We may mingle in certain spaces and places, but do not get upset with me as I do what AJ said, and I attempt to continue to elevate because you've been given the formula to do it. It's up to you to go and execute it and ask for help along the way, but you should always be prepared to give as much as you're asking for. You may not be able to be able to add the same value, but if you're asking for five hours for someone, you can't give five somewhere. The relative value might be different, but if you're a time burglar, I want nothing to do with you. Mm. Let's all be prepared to be included. That's paramount. Mm. Prepare to be included. If you want to be included, if you know something is on the horizon that you want to be included, prepare yourself to be included. Mm -hmm. You know, we often talk about blessings raining down, but, you know, there's also the piece of, you know, being prepared and being in position for those blessings. So if you want to be included on something, you need to be prepared to be included. Mm Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Hey, cuz, I'm about to open up this restaurant. Hey, you know what? Well, can you help me out? I feel like I need to go to business admin and get, get you know, get my business admin credentials, get my restaurant, uh, you know, health certifications or something, you know, so that I can so that I can be additive and provide value to, to your endeavors, cuz. Be prepared to be included. Don't just sit and expect uh don't 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 take advantage of the of the of the naturally overly inclusive people that's the other that's the other side of that because we all know people that are overly giving like dj said you know giving of their time giving of their finances giving you know they're just givers naturally and there are people who take advantage of that stop doing it you know it Mm -hmm. prepare to be included and understand that exclusive inclusivity is what it is supposed to be you can't include everybody on everything. There needs to be a vetting process for people that are going to be included, i.e. those that are prepared. Mm-hmm. So take this time to understand that timing of inclusivity, of inclusion, is also a thing. They might not be, they might not need to be included right now with the beginning process. They might not need to be included in the building process. They might need to come in in phase three. People from phase one don't need to come to phase three. Look at the process of how, you know, positive progress happens. Look at it. Look at the process of how positive progress happens. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not by circum, circum it's not by circumstances, not by happenstance.
it doesn't just happen by by you know fairy dust and yep. twinkle toes. The process of positive progress. Somebody, yep. somebody. There are people that are going to be at the beginning. That's not going to be at the end. But they're yep. a part of that. They're a part. They were included in it. And if we can look at it from that broad spectrum of, hey, you know, you were a leaf, you were a branch, you were a root. We got to, we got to, we got to decipher. We got to know the proper, the proper time and the exclusive inclusivity where it's like, hey, you, you, this just, this just isn't the place for you right now. And we got to be okay with hearing that from both sides. We talked about executive engagement. So take this time to reflect on your own inclusion instincts. I'm going to do the same. Cause I, I, you know, I know me, ain't nobody going to know you better than you. But reflect on your 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 inclusion in instincts. Are you including too many people? Are you including people in the wrong times? Are you including people in processes that they shouldn't be a part of, and you should have included them on something else? That's it. That's gonna do it for us here at the Brethren Podcast. We appreciate and love every single one of y'all. Hopefully, you got something out of this, out of this, and if you did. Tell somebody to tell somebody to tell somebody that the Bridger Podcast is on. We got episodes they go listen to if they ain't heard none of them yet. Find us on all our social media at Dr. Ajamu Loving on Instagram, ajamuloving.com. You can find the Loving on Money and You on Facebook. You can find Mr. Destrian Wells at Empower, Engage, Execute on social media, dwellsconsulting.com. Follow the Bridger Podcast. That's spelled bread, B R E A D. R-E-N, Brethren Pod on all social media. Because we always talking about bread and we always getting bread. Just something that we do here. We're inclusive. We told you. We're inherently inclusive, but we got a process, man. You got to be prepared to be included with us. This is a, you know, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. And I'm not King Arthur. It just happens to be my name. Maybe. I, ain't, I don't know if I ever use my real name. DJ probably said it. He like doing stuff like that. Destrian does. <laughs> hey, man, I love you, Jess. I appreciate y'all coming on this ride with me. That's going to do it for us here at the Bridger Podcast. We love y'all. There's nothing you can do about it. Peace. Bridging.